Recommendation folding up. V8 is gobbling it up. V8 in the middle lifts and wins. Learning to fly, descending on them wide out there. Six or seven in it. Learning to fly right down the outside. Learning to fly. Game on in the T-Rose, and Tis Invincible takes the lead from Kamachi. Tis Invincible, two lengths clear from Kamachi, Tropical Squall, and Tis Invincible makes it three out of three this preparation. Southport Tycoon had a race at the 150, and next Snow Patrol who's peppering away. Southport Tycoon and Snow Patrol, stride for stride. Snow Patrol has just beaten Southport Tycoon. Roll on high, a half length, three quarters came away and won the desirable. Roll on Here's Riff Rocket and King Colorado now over the top. Riff Rocket took the front of the 100 from King Colorado. Terrific return. Riff Rocket. Learning to fly in Kamochi. Learning to fly the outside of Kamochi. Stride for stride. Kamochi. Some say life will beat you down. Break your heart. Your heart. And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival preview edition of Australian Guineas Day at Flemington. We're also going to have a look at the surround stakes, and as you heard there, with a little bit of Tom Petty's work and some of the great calling there of Darren Flendell, and of course Matt Hill in uh, Melbourne, audio courtesy of Sky Racing and Racing.com. Some of the great three-year-olds that are running, and who is going to step up tomorrow? Already there's a group one winner or two amongst them with uh, Tropical Squall and Zardozzi and Riff Rocket, and, uh, and been some dynamic returns. Vince Cardi, good morning to you. What a fantastic morning, Ralphie. Good morning. Mouth guard in. It's Friday at uh, at 10 to 6. So that's uh, all our information we're doing now is as good as we can make it at 10 to 6. But of course, tomorrow, if you've uh, if you've got this, you're going to be getting our update. So, uh, so we'll be uh, talking business then and uh, we'll have some further clarity post-scratchings. But we'll kick off in Randwick. Uh, super meeting there as well. We're going to have a look at the surround stakes. As you heard, some of those uh, some of those really good fillies leading in. It's a group one race over 1,400 metres. Firstly, you've got some... What's, what's your opinion of how you're expecting Randwick to play tomorrow? Uh, what's that rail position? Rail tr- position back to the true. Well, rail true. We need to be five, six off the fence, Ralphie. Yep. We definitely need to be off the fence. Not going to be an advantage for the leaders. 30 uh, degrees today, possibly seven mils tomorrow with 28, so a bit of everything. So uh, let's uh, hopefully we've got a bit more clarity with with that weather-wise, but obviously it's going to be nice and warm anyway. So yeah, so we we'll go. Hope, yeah, well, hopefully they'll just keep the hoses at bay. Uh, yep. A bit of luck everybody's spoken to them. Don't water the tracks. Let them be fast. <laughs> yes. Let nature take its course. Just keep the grass lush. You know, Absolutely. I mean, green, you know, not too thick. 
Well, we were very taken by learning to fly's first up run a fortnight back. Had missed a lot of racing, but gee, it was it was dynamic in its return. Just beating Kamachi. That's sort of the uh, the main lead in of of those who have raced. But uh, Macarena was also very good uh, when it was first up. It showed a little bit of promise last spring, and uh, it first up three weeks ago. Just wonder if that could be a factor too when you're thinking there it was super behind Cabalas and then you've got some resuming quality like Tropical Squall, as mentioned, one of flight stakes. Ardosi was so good in the Oaks. Firstly, how are you expecting the speed in this race? Well, speed-wise, I actually find it really difficult to see this being run at a fast race. Everything sort of indicates that we're really bang on borderline benchmark minus three so unless someone's going to come out and really want to attack that front i'm just looking at the key riders like who possibly will take a forward position it's just going to get back down to what adam hieronymus really wants to do how fast does he wants to go jason collard on a go forward horse or you know part of the lead pack isn't really going to want to attack the front james mcdonald highly unlikely is going to attack the front regan bayless maybe on autumn Bella could you know want to put a little bit of pressure but it's just going to get back down to what adam hieronymus wants to do and this is why the intel is sort of giving that indication that we're probably a big chance of being benchmark at best so what's that mean Ralphie? probably does set it up for the horses that are stalking that lead pack and i'm talking about horses that are typically maybe two and a half to four lengths from the leaders just that quartet of horses but it certainly won't disadvantage any runner that's a, a couple of lengths further back because i don't see him being spread right out either so tropical squall's got the best figure in the race that was that flight stakes win it was third up and it was dynamic display of sustained speed because it's first up what have you noticed from the trials and what's your expectations on how much <laughs> it'll be able to uh, bring to the table tomorrow it's hard to see this stable not having this horse very you know ready to go the trials have been positive ralphie the indicator is there that a run's going to make a difference again i'm saying that on the basis that it's only missed tactics up front which would probably create that you know desperation of being one race start short we're talking about you know race conditioning but the reality is it's probably an ideal setup for the horse the question really comes back down to is can this horse deliver what it did over a mile back in september of last year that's really the big key ralphie can it get to that 1.4 lengths above benchmark my view at this stage is i i feel that that's going to be like at the very top end, we're going to see that. I'm not sure we're going to see that tomorrow. Now, I did want to ask you, are there any other races that, you know, horses like this would be potentially targeted for targeted for other than this? Oh, no doubt. So, I mean, this is the head-scratcher with starting off with the Group 1, isn't it? Because they, want, yes. they all want the Group 1 on the CV, but, you know, there's riches ahead. So, uh, yep. so there's going to be some that are more wound up than others. You know, e.g., let's pick a horse like Zardozzi, an obvious one who's an Oaks winner and will be aimed at longer races. But, you know, the, that it's an either-or for Tropical Squall because they'll surely want, uh, want to be attacking the uh, later part of the autumn as well. So I've sort of taken a position on the horse that – 
1,400 metres, first up looking at the profile of the barrier trials leading in. They're just trending to the profile. So I've scored it like on the outer rim and it may not even make the top four cutoff come race morning. So we trialled against Learning to Fly and uh, Kamochi, who then ran against each other first up a fortnight ago. Uh, Kamochi just won the race. Race shape-wise, you'd have to say Learning to Fly probably was absolutely super. Question to you is, and it's a dual question here with these two runners and Learning to Fly being heavily backed into high twos, a fortnight after a big run, 336 days between runs. Is there any chance of flatness in your thinking here uh, with Learning to Fly taking on Kamochi? Well, I look at it like this, Ralphie. Firstly, we just got to come from the prism that we are going up 200 metres. What, what what does that mean? When I look at the structure of that race first up, 8.2 lengths below benchmark, this is learning to fly. Pretty cruisy relative to the sort of speed the horse has tasted in the past, well inside its wheelhouse. Between the 8 and the 400, I love the extension. It was a 10.6 length mid-race squeeze. Excellent last 400 plus 3.7. Annabelle Nisham is really evolving as a trainer. And what I mean by that is a lot of her horses, as we've known, Ralphie, and we've talked about this a lot, about how forward they are and how ready to go they are. I just felt that this was the run the horse needed to come, like right up to or somewhere near its top. The question only remains, if this was a fast run race, I'd probably have just little bit of a concern about how well you're going to go first time 14 but just the setup looks like gold Ralphie so it's going to get down to the rider and if he doesn't misuse the energy distribution of the horse through the first 600 meters then this is the first horse that's going to be a golden opportunity to be in the lanes and the first one to attack that lead pack potentially she showed in two of her uh, wins as a two-year-old she could go forward if need be, albeit in uh, in very small fields, of course. But I'd say from barrier six, that's almost a golden barrier. If they were given a barrier to, 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 to jump out of, it, they would probably choose six, and that maybe means she can settle a pair or two closer than she did first up from 11. Well, that's what I'm hoping Chad does. I mean, as you know, Chad could also have the itchy fingers and want to you know, test the front. I don't believe he will. And hopefully that's the instructions. Right. So from a matchup perspective, you're pretty happy alongside with the market that learning to fly has to be on top of Kamachi. Oh, for sure. Well, see, Kamachi, very different scenario here with this particular horse. Let's look at the pros and cons. Well, first of all, where do you really feel this campaign's been? See, this 91 days, right? That horse had to be very fit in that Randwick run, Ralphie. Very, very fit horse and wasn't capable of beating it. So the only advantage it's going to get, in my view, tomorrow is that it's going to be further forward in running early. Sorry, than... Kamachi got the bob of the head over. over... Yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, yeah, so I'm just sort of sitting here saying that just on the, on the intel, I just cannot see how this horse can take that next step. I, I, I just felt that that horse was rock hard fit going into that race. Yep. I view the data that he's been pretty much 
in the training arena camp since August of last year. You know, where are they going? <laughs> so in the market in that race, uh, there was pre- pretty much three in the market. The other one was Tis Invincible. They're a scary stable to oppose and a scary combination in Ma, James McDonald. But the reality is what she did in the spring, uh, she had a big boom on her. She won three in a row, listed, group two, group two, found out in a high-pressure flight. Now, you're saying it probably won't be high-pressure tomorrow, but what's it? Talent capability, uh, as far as what you, how you're assessing her, she was hampered early, like, so maybe that was an excuse. But is, is she is she up to the level of the others? For sure, Ralphie. Um, when I say up to the level, first of all, what are we looking at? We're looking at somewhere around benchmark, maybe a half above thereabouts is what we're really looking for to get on the podium. This particular horse. I just can't help but feel is definitely going to absolutely thrive on the step up to the 1,400 metres. It's demonstrated it in the past, Ralphie. It has outstanding acceleration, particularly when you can get into a race where even if the lead speed horses are running benchmark or slightly more, there's a high probability Tis Invincible is going to be running Benchmark at fastest, but most likely two to five lengths below benchmark, which is the absolute sweet spot for this horse's, you know, to get maximum extension over the last 400 metres. So I feel this is the dangerous one, Ralphie, to really give maybe learning to fly a run for its money. Well, just a bit wider in the market. In fact, one's a lot wider in the market, but genuinely you've got some talent, the, the, the different form. Let me start with Macarena. So ter- terrific uh, first up return, as I touched on before, when um, when second against the boys, uh, headed by Cabalas, who's, de- who's down at Fleming that we'll get to. Can't help looking at, you know, a horse like uh, uh, Celestial Legend was beaten two and a half lengths. It was dynamic last week, end cap improved last week. And this is a horse who finished in front of both of it. What's her level of capability? Well, on the score card, I would say for this distance right now where where everybody's at, this is the horse that's coming in with the strongest profile right now. That run last start at Randwick, 0.5 above. You look at the, the setup, 9.1 lengths below benchmark first section, pretty solid in the mid-race with a mid-race squeeze of about 8.7 lengths, but just below benchmark. All the heavy work was done over the last 400 metres with a plus 6.4. Love the fact that there was really no deterioration late, giving that real clear signal this horse was in a great condition going into that run and probably just needed this run to top it off. And then to sort of back that up, you just go back to what it did in October last year, Ralphie, 0.9 above benchmark at 1,400. And then you just sort of break it down. 3.8 lengths above benchmark first section. 1.7 above between the 8 and the 4. And still finished off last 400.7 above. So you know, if they don't run real fast, this horse is going to absolutely thrive on that. And if, for whatever reason, if there is pressure, because that pace sometimes can be unpredictable and they run faster than forecasted, then you know this runner's got no issues coping either. So if you're looking for the best utility runner in the field, it's this one. 
John Wide, Tim Clark, love the fact Tim Clark's on. He's had a bit of practice on go forward horses for our wide from the Waterhouse Potters table. Of course, this is a Team Hawks runner, but as you said in that uh, Rose Hill run that was good, it was at fourteen hundred and it went forward. So probably, uh, you know, you'd, you'd assume they'll, they'll be positive, and you know, it's Grand Final day tomorrow. But get the mouth card in and get a Group One for this horse. It, it, maybe it sits outside Tropical Squall. Big chance that that could happen. Yep. Big big chance that could happen, and. Not really, you know, hundred percent sure how Tim Clark's going to handle it, but the reality is, he he is on a horse that's extremely versatile, and I I don't believe it's going to matter where this horse sits. I mean, personally, if he sits a little bit further back, myself, yep, the only thing I'd be guaranteed is the lanes, and then if I could have confidence in that, he's probably the horse out of the three that I'd want it back. All right, and uh, I want to finish with Roll on High. Very, very promising horses. Smashed them at Packenham and then went on with it at Fleming and Cup Day. Hasn't been seen since two very quiet trials. If you're using the Vincicati method, 116 days, that's a nice break in two quiet trials. I suppose it's going to be a big question of how forward it is, but what's its talent level? Well, this is another horse. That Flemington run 1.3 lengths above. Even when you look at it on the race matrix, it came up 0.3 above. So hard to knock the horse on that score. This is another runner that has excellent 400-metre acceleration, even off that Flemington run. Pretty good pace, Ralphie. 4.6 lengths below benchmark. We talked about a couple of those other runners from Sydney, you know, probably running four or five lengths slower through the first half of the race. And yet... Most likely, under all scenarios, didn't have the same type of 400-metre finish as this horse did. 5.3 lengths above on that last run. It's first up, second campaign. We know this stable, Ralphie. They're not going to go there and have the horse only half ready. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's a good incentive to come to play. It's just a big challenge for me is it's just the rider. Yep. That that's that's the challenge, Sydney. That that's all it is. If you look at all other, like if they if they had Nash on it, or I mean, they probably I don't know if they could have got Nash, but if they had someone like him on, I'd have a very very different opinion about this race. But just with Billy Egan, I'm not knocking him as a rider. He's just a little bit behind a couple of the other boys, and. Is he going to get outsmarted? Is he does he really know the lanes? Just all these little things, right, that play the game in the end and determine whether you're going to win or not. And the reality is, like, he doesn't have a length or two on the competition to say, well, that's okay. He's got a couple of lengths on the field. It's all right. He actually doesn't. He's just up with that group. So he's about mid-teen odds. So I suppose mm-hmm. what, what the market's saying, and, and it, they always let you on with Melbourne form and, and a of Melbourne rider, so you're going to get good odds tomorrow. But that, that that's the equation for you personally is probably what you're articulating there. So um, in summary, uh, we'll talk business tomorrow, but sounds like you said learning to fly is entitled to be your favourite, but be very wary of uh, of risking both Tiz Invincible and Macarena. Absolutely. Yep. All right, let's have a look at this Fleming card. I think we're going to have perfect race conditions, Vince. What does, it, what does that mean as far as position and running goes from uh, from the rail in the true position? True or two? Uh, true. Oh, sorry, two two metres. Tiny, yeah. tiny, yeah. tiny. Uh, not going to make much yet. difference anyway, yeah. Ralph. You're not going to make much difference. Well, as we know, we're looking at straight races. You've got the diabolical scenarios. We're going inside, middle, out. So... These are always a challenge. Depends on where they're going to be sitting. If they're in the middle, 
you you know that they're just going to be hard in those lanes, and if they're going to the outside, they're going to be in the lanes as well. So it's only if they go if they will run roll to the fence, things could be a little bit different. But for the turning races. It's just going to get back down to the pace, Ralph. He's going to determine where the horse is going to be able to take advantage of any of the any of the lanes. It's not that easy to get into the lanes when you're two. So therefore, horses forward up on that lead pack, they definitely get an edge. And particularly if you can be confident that that power of the speed's not going to be there. I dare say that'll be part of your thinking. With uh, where we'll mm-hmm. start with the Australian Guineas race eight, the Group One on the on the program here. Probably three dominant form lines here. One is, of course, Riff Rocket just beat King Colorado uh, a fortnight back. Um, V eight was fantastic when just beaten a length by Mister Brightside. You'd say that's pretty good form. And uh, and then you got some some varying form lines outside of uh, sorry. And the other one, of course, is that um, is that Zip Away the the Perth. Uh, Group 1 winner ran third at Caulfield to Snow Patrol and Southport Tycoon. Southport Tycoon, prior to that, it ran second to V8. So there's a few little tie-ins here, starting with the pace of the race. What are you expecting, Vince? Big field. Sort of, well, I've got to have to initially mark it as fast. Yep. The reality is everybody wants to win this race. Positioning running is going to be really important. You, you you want to get a great spot, and there's a lot of horses that can attack that front pack, and you know sort themselves out position wise. So this natural movement means, firstly, if we're just looking pure meters per second, just I I use that as the first port. All that intel is clearly suggesting suggesting plus one, plus three is the range for if horses just jump out jump out and be orderly now with the possibility of seven or eight horses that are going to be all part of that you know lead to two lengths off that lead pack that's going to add energy of at least another one to three lengths ralphie so i just sit back here and say okay well if we're running five six lengths faster than standard we're going to have to call that somewhere in that fast range ralphie are they going to go slower Right now, I'm too. I'm not too keen to say that they're going to run much slower. I just feel there's going to be pressure right from the start. This is good and bad. The probably the good news is for that lead pack horses. It is going to be harder for those off-pace runners to. And these are the horses that are typically sitting four to six, maybe eight lengths from you know that lead speed. That's like the maximum as far back as you want to be. One, if they do get into the lanes. How tired are they going to be, particularly if they've been chasing hard? You know, they'd have to see a complete collapse up front. And two, if they aren't in those scenarios, they're going to need a fair bit of luck. And again, when you're tired and you start getting blocked and checked, that ain't going to help. And lastly, I don't really feel there's a lot of chances in this race, Ralphie. No. I, I, I might back the truck up just while you speak about the pace because it was my fault. I, I should have said there's actually probably four form lines because there's two Kiwis, one the Pendragon, the other one's Quintexa. The Pendragon's been flying along up front. Is there any what, – what's their IVR level, of course, for uh, for the different form that you've obviously clocked what they do in New Zealand? Should they be respected or is it hard to uh, include? Uh, which is the first horse you're looking at here? So so the Pendragon, uh, who's a leader, number seven, and Quintessa, who uh, who has the form line with uh, with – the Pendragon just running second to it, uh, a couple of start, three start, starts. Back. Yeah, what at its last run, it was going plus six. Right. So it flies. 
I don't know whether anybody's going to... Well, this is the challenge, right? I feel that Jordan's going to go to the front. Yep. And there's going to be pressure around, and he's not going to ease. Now, in terms of its talent level, that's probably going to say goodnight to the horse anyway. Although, I don't really see any other option for this runner, right? It is, uh, you know, one to three lengths below benchmark-type profile. So, I don't see that being the headache. But he, this is the headache for the front pack speed. Yep. Okay. So the favourite's Riff Rocket. Um, <laughs> pretty obvious. Uh, Flemington form. Oh, there's one thing outside of the data vid, so I better add. Yep. Chris Waller's going to be at Flemington. <laughs> we, we, always <laughs> looking, we always like looking for trainers. Where are they? <laughs> so yeah. he said on his, uh, on his uh, Twitter preview that he's uh, he's going there for the sales, but he's he's going to be at Flemington, which is always a bit of a lead. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. I so mean, he, he, he was super first up. I, I know he made you ha- you happy when he beat King Colorado. He's obviously, you know, it's pretty obvious to say Flemington form, but it, it's pretty good. Um, but I suppose that this is going to be what you've just outlined. Are, are you can he be close enough? And this is Craig Williams and Mark Zara's challenge for King, Riff Rock and King Colorado. Well, both Williams and Zara. When you look at these two riders, they don't. Well, I mean, Craig sometimes gets caught, but not very often. Yeah, Zara hardly ever gets caught, right? Particularly in the last, you know, if we look at just the last season, there's yeah, there's huge probability they're going to pin themselves, you know, in the best possible spot they can be without overextending first section. So that helps a lot, and they're also. Both riders, they ain't going to go to the lanes if uh, there's a lot of pace on and pressure. They're, they're going to cut, you know, try and cut distance, and they're not going to want to be out really wide. They're going to look for runs, and they're going to get the runs because they're going to be in the right spot. And they've got pretty talented horses to 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 do it with, so they're very lucky from that point of view. Riff Rocket, I can't fault that last run, Ralphie. It was just sensational even with a little bit of a slowdown in the mid-race, Ralph, he's sort of giving you a lot of confidence. There's going to be more to come. And this is the beautiful part about Waller. He's not just a, a trainer that has horses, you know, ready to win after, you know, run number three or four. He's quite capable of having ready to win after run number one. <laughs> so, and then even you look at the prism of the, the Intel, there, there was a definite purpose They've obviously got some, you know, serious plans. I don't know. Would this be this horse's grand final, Ralphie, or is there other races? Well, well? look, he's a gelding, so I suppose you just want to win everything. Um, but equally, uh, you know, he's he's got uh, distance capacity already that he's proven. But they're not trying to build a stallion profile, so I think uh, I think no reason not not to come to play and then take on Sydney. Well, he's a horse that's just just look at his last. Well, for a. a Profile player like myself, and now I'm not giving it a signal that I want to be on this horse tomorrow, right? Yep. But I, the signal I want to give is he has the perfect profile. He's only not missed the money once. So he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tremendous transaction horse, right? Yeah. Like he just – you can back him and just make money every time. <laughs> so – and he does position himself as potentially one of these horses tomorrow, although I just feel competition's a little bit different. And he's definitely my thinking thoughts at the moment, and I can't fault it. 
Just while, so while we're, we're matching the two up, I can't help thinking there's been a savage overreaction with King Colorado and Riff Rocket from that market. And by that, I mean that Riff Rocket, I think, was uh, $11 into $7 on the day. King Colorado was uh, was $4, so it was virtually half the odds. And tomorrow now, uh, Riff Rocket mid-twos, King Colorado sevens, particularly grand final stable, Kieran Ma, Mark Zara, as you said, and blinkers go on. Ralphie, if it was any other stable, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I'd just sweep it under the card and say good night, King Colorado. Not today. We'll see you some other time, but not with this stable. And Blink is impossible. Impossible to ignore and has to be seriously considered. See, even though when I look at the profile, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like the, the profile's not there. He's had one run that it's above benchmark in terms of from a matrix point of view, but it's had two performances where you know it's up to this field. Firstly, we've got to go all the way back to Rose Hill in September when it's gone 1.7 above. If we look at that profile over 1,400 metres, you want to be all over it. But the mile profile is negative, and that's what I'm looking at. It's just negative. And then I look at what it did last start compared to others. Seriously, if you sit back here and say, could you really beat Riff Rocket? Like I said, any other stable? No. <laughs> Tomorrow? Forget about it. There's not a chance. Can this horse just improve three? Yes. <laughs> yes. And be no surprise. So the you have to – it's the X factor, Ralphie. This yep. is the X factor that you have to bring in. You know, sometimes how you talk about horses, but they just keep lifting and winning, even though that – you look at them on paper and you say, maybe not, but they just keep finding. Well, this is a stable that they just keep finding. So in your, this is the early edition. Of course, we talk mm-hmm. business tomorrow. So the early edition, you've got most advantage V8, and there's a, there's a pretty easy reason why, and that's very real form of Mr. Brightside. Well it, well, it has to be, you know, again, when I do my work, I like to – Keep it. See, we talked about that horse. I'm hypothesizing about what could happen. Yep. It's not on the fact score sheet. So I can't go in there. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, King Connor. I can't go in there and start, you know, writing up a whole fanfare and making it some sort of fictional book, right? Even though in this communication we can because we can turn around what's possible. But on the scorecard and what's actually happening, Man, V, let's look at V8's performances. There, there are some little things we have to touch on, right? Yep. But firstly, the last start run, 2.2 lengths above benchmark, 1.1 above first section, 4.9 above between the eight and the four. He's entitled to weaken, Ralphie, and weaken really over the last 200 metres because it was still travelling above benchmark until it got inside the last 200 metres. I look at the run before and say, okay, when it won at the Valley, that was 1.4 above. Another fantastic performance. Each section was above benchmark. But more importantly, I probably needed to look at that Caulfield run in October when it produced just below benchmark. The race matrix was saying it's pretty much borderline benchmark 0.2 above, but there's a case to be made here for a lot better. Number one, 8.3 lengths below benchmark first section. Extremely soft pace, right? This was the Caulfield Guineas. And, and yep. how often do we see a slow Caulfield Guineas? Not often. Griff no. all the way. <laughs> yeah. So you had this situation. 2.5 lengths above benchmark between the eight and the four. From an extension point of view, what was good to see was it 
gave really good insight about like what sort of is the maximum range for this horse's sustained speed. And there it was, 10.8 above. And then it just it pretty much couldn't hold that rhythm anymore. And you've just seen that sharp drop-off with a minus 4.1. Now, a bit of time's passed, and we've seen this horse sort of potentially grow and get stronger. The, the challenge is this. The four runs into the campaign, 84-day let-up. That's a really, you know, serious signal there. And it's come up with a, a plus 1.4 and then a peaking run of 2.2 last start. There is this chance. So and this is what I've got to take into consideration for myself is that last 200 metres, there's two ways of looking at it. Was that it? Is that the signal as well that the horse has done for the campaign? Right. Is that the signal? Because this... When you look at the simulation work and you look at the algorithms, when they have this type of setup, they can go one run softer and then they have a peaking run and they're finished, or they just peak and they're done. So this horse, I'm in a trap, but on profile, and if I, you know, like in terms of performances and don't look at any other indicator, then this horse is hard in this race. It's going to be able to cope with the tempo. I don't see any issues with the mile. The only challenge I see with this horse is... Does he have another run left? And, and McAvoy Stable, they're pretty good, Ralphie, but they're also ruthless. They're ruthless. They have him uh, very hard fit, and it's just whether the horse is going to be able to cope with another run. I just wonder, and I, <laughs> it was a frustrating watch that Caulfield Guineas. It might have been of the odds. I just wonder if what the, it's one poor run in the last 12 months was that Caulfield fifth. I reckon they backed right off it after that booming first up run. And now they're saying, righto, it's a colt. They sent Damien Lane up there to barrier trial it before the Caulfield Guineas. Damien Lane stuck with it. I think now they're just saying, righto, you're a racehorse. I know you're a colt, but you're a racehorse. We're going to stand over you and keep you fit. So, But as you said, that, that could also mean a, an either-or situation. Well, you're not going to be in a race where they're going to crawl, are they? Yep, exactly. So, where, where, where will this horse be? So in order, you've got Zipaway, Southport Tycoon and Snow Patrol who all met each other. Now, that was the same day as V8. V8, it was in a fast pressure race, obviously set by Pride of Jenny and uh, Buffalo River. The three-year-olds walked. So that, that provides its own little head scratcher. But what we do know, again, what you're saying is starting with facts, is that Zipaway has some serious performances from the West that are brought over. And that was almost the, 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 the perfect kickoff if this is the uh, Eastern States grand final for it. Well, here's the thing. We just talked about that bounce effect now it's this is firmly square into that pattern of the 63 days like firmly in the pattern negative run there's high probability of peaking run happening tomorrow now this horse undeniable profile on the technicals i would say this is the best horse in the race Firstly, when I look at the IVR profile of this horse, it's pretty pretty much there's two Ascot runs, plus 1.2 over a mile on the 25th the 11th, and then plus 3.3, where I felt the horse really took that big next step. And then when I look at the race matrix, just to put the stress test to see how it's trending, it was pretty clear-cut on the 25th of August, even though we scored at 1.2, the matrix had a rock solid 2.2 Ralphie and then that Ascot run actually had a 3.2 and that franked what I was of the view is that this horse had taken another step now 
there's always a challenge when these horses come from WA to be talking. Sometimes is they don't settle in, right? Yeah. This horse looked like it was going to loom in to the race and then sort of was beaten but sort of stuck on. This was like a really weird run. But then I tried to understand, okay, why? Well, let's have a look at it. 7.7 lengths below benchmark through the first section. Pretty sharp move in the mid-race, going 8.9 above, and yet managed to run the last 400 plus 2.2. So if you had a high level of confidence and you run the simulation report, say, okay, big probability of peaking run tomorrow, and if you simulate it up against V8, this horse has a better profile in terms of how well it can handle a mid-race move and the extension and the, its ability to cope with pressure. So saying all that, this horse is going to sit off this camp, off this field. Big chance it's going to be in the golden spot. And if they run five, six lengths above benchmark, and let's say this horse is asked to run near benchmark first section, you know this horse is going to be able to cope and not have any issues about crumbling late as long as... The horse is happy to race in Melbourne. Yeah. You know, in Victoria. So you're saying on talent, it should not be 20 to 1. <laughs> on talent, it's the one to beat. Right. Nice. And so here's the dilemma with yep. the race. Of course, we'll talk, you know, in you know, a bit more pointy detail tomorrow. But this horse is under serious consideration for myself because I am sitting here. There's no way, under no circumstance... Should this horse be 20 to 1? Unless you know from the stable, guys, the horse has come over. He's just not himself. He's not he anything. Rah, 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 he, yeah, anything, he's not yeah. happy. He he's run, walks around with his head down all the time and he doesn't want to be here. I don't know if I've seen that in the run. And yep. I don't know if that's, you know, I just made that up, right? Yeah, of course. It would be the only reason why you could justify $20. Right now, Ralphie, this horse should be equal favourite regardless. So the horses who finish in front of him, and we'll, we'll finish up with this, uh, Snow Patrol and Southport Tycoon. So Snow Patrol made that step up. There was a bob of the head in it. It was a perfect ride by, uh, by Mark Zara picking off Southport Tycoon in the last ride. Southport Tycoon's third up, Snow Patrol second up. Kind of thinking it's a better profile for Southport Tycoon. They'll probably both get the perfect run in the forward pack. What's your projection for the mile? Well, first of all, Snow Patrol. 21 days between run, you know, huge tick for that. You know, too good. Love it when the stable do that. Secondly, we've got Shin, right? Love that profile. That profile is a golden profile. 6.8 lengths below benchmark first section. 1.7 above between the 8 and the 4. That's a 8.5 uh, mid-race squeeze. Beautiful extension last 400 plus 3.4. Taper, small taper at the end. Hard to try and work out, you know, where you want to line that up. But there was a little bit of a taper there. Just giving you that confidence that expect more. Lastly, what a massive leap from one campaign to the other. And be confident. This horse had a proper break. Definitely anything, anything over 120 days, put it in your books. I don't know about history. I, Hopefully, I'm going to change the history about what a spell equals because in my view, in this modern age, I see a spell based on all the work I've done and the simulation work in the background, a spell equals 120 days or more 
at this time of life where I am seeing things from. So everything is perfect, and this horse doesn't need to make a massive step up to be in the finish. The reality is, is this. Now, if Zip Away delivers its best, the question will be this. Can Snow Patrol find two lengths? If it can, it wins. That's that. Now, who's the next horse? The Southport, did you say, Rolfie? Yep. Okay. Ma. <laughs> Can't help but think this is, uh, you know, super target, right? Super target. Two runs, 105 days. They've kept this horse, like, up to the beat. And and it's visible in the intel. First up, have a look at it. 1.1 above, 1,200 metres, no taper in the end, got stronger. Every section was above benchmark, Ralphie. I mean, it was like that horse could run through brick walls on that run at Mooney Valley, right? And then stepped up at Caulfield, went up 200 metres, all of a sudden, very comfortable running 4.8 lengths below benchmark. Excellent between the eight and the four, you know, like no overextension, just a 5.2 length mid-race squeeze, which is gold, and then had the ability to finish off last 400, 2.4 above. So this horse, they, is this a blinkers horse? Southport, no. No. It's Jamie Carr. Well, she's certainly coming to the, the right form last start. She's, she's on the right horse, in my view, in terms of the way she likes the ride. <sighs> Just, you know, I, I hate saying it, but could this stable also find a couple more with this horse? Could they? <laughs> right? And I'm just sitting here thinking, well, when I looked at that mile run last campaign, I mean, it was completely unfair. 12.4 lengths below benchmark first section. Savage mid-race move, like really savage. And, of course, the horse isn't, you know, going to be effective, but the hallmarks were all there, Ralphie, that... Um, <laughs> It got the wrong race shape. Yeah. So now it, it's not, there's no wrong race shape here tomorrow. This is going to be pressure. And this horse has proven from the Mooney Valley run, it's going to stick with the pressure. Uh, it's just how you're going to look look at the race. Is it all one campaign? Or is it, you know, Ma and his serious capability? I do feel personally that there are a couple of horses that are going to take bigger steps than him. All right, so in summary, Riff Rocket, uh, faultless. It's mid-twos. It's pretty pretty short, but uh, faultless as far as uh, preparation of the race. V8's got the uh, the best local form of and recent form, but zip away at 20 to 1 is, is, is crazy odds given it, its talent level. Yeah, and Snow Patrol, Ralphie. That's Snow it. Patrol. <laughs> so we'll talk further, uh, tightening our business tomorrow. All right, they're the two group ones. We've done the deep dive. Uh, we'll pick up the, the pace here for the uh, the other quaddy legs here. Starting with the English Sprint, race seven. We're very taken by Cabalas. We're very taken by Estriella. They both see the straight for the first time. But maybe is this a case where the big field provides some value for those <laughs> deep in the race? Because they were both super first up. And if they progress, uh, not sure who else is going to be able to jump out of the ground to get past them. What's your overview for uh, for race seven? Well, they've got panels on them, Ralphie. That, that's that's the reality, right? They've got panels. Let's, let's get the, well, firstly, Cabalas' performance. What do we need to win the race? This is a race, it's pretty clear cut. You need benchmark plus a half maximum. That last run at Ramwick, it was sensational. Plus 1.4. Best performance of the day. There's no way this horse like that 
race shape. 7.7 lengths below benchmark first section. Had to do a good level of work to put itself in the race with about a 7.3 length mid-race move. The last 400 was electric. 6.1. And I'm going, unbelievable, right? And why I'm saying unbelievable, because I looked at the Rose Hill run when the horse had a slight, well, I probably shouldn't say slightly. It had about a four-length bigger mid-race squeeze, but it had a 10-length stronger last 400. So when I try and, you know, refit the mould, I'm saying, well, you're just three, four lengths better. And the talent matches what they believe. Yeah, This horse has got plenty of ability. So what's the negative? Well, straight line speed-wise, no problems. You have a look at that Randwick run, 6.1 lengths last 400. So no problems. Up the straight, well, as long as you don't get lost in translation with Josh Parr, <laughs> right, because he's really probably the only thing that stands in his way of being beaten. That's it. What about the Estriella? Um, what it brought to the table first up? Is this one of those evolving Kieran Ma fillies <laughs> or talents, full stop, Blake's in sticks? And probably gets that again that uh, sort of um, setting just off from uh, set up with uh, with the big field and certain to create a little, enough pressure from a for a twelve hundred race. Well, I wish they had different. If they swapped the riders, the answer would be easy. Right? <laughs> right. Now I'm not, and this is no knock on Josh. Uh-huh. We're, we're at elite level now, right? We're talking yeah. about the best of the best, right? And some riders are just better than others, particularly if you've got home ground advantage. You know the know the region exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's all it is. And yeah. Blake Shin. Firstly, let's look at the mass setup. 147 days, Ralphie. That's gold. Yeah, Yeah. that's gold. He's turned up and run 0.4 above. Let's look at the race shape. When you first look at it, 1.1 lengths below benchmark first section, 1.9 above between the 8.4, pretty much matched that last 400. But here's the little gold. Between the 8 and the 6 and the 6 and the 4, the horse had a 2.8 length slowdown. So... That's – you have to add. Now, the race matrix is saying 0.9. You, you're looking to add at least half. Myself, personally, I actually reckon you've probably got to add at least another length, right? And given that's the situation and where this horse is, coming from this stable and having all those advantages and being already a runner that's been up the straight, even though that performance was not – what you would expect from the horse, but I just feel we've got a very different horse now. We've got a far more mature horse, and this is going to be its opportunity to uh, beat Cabalas. Race nine in the program, the Blamey Stakes. Uh, it's a super race. There's some uh, varying form lines here. Goodness gracious me! Uh, what did what did Mark, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 pain that Mark Macram caused everyone beating Jimmy Star uh, a fortnight back, but the reality was it was a very good performance. So have they got this horse right? Uh, it's an import. It's had a couple of preps. Uh, didn't come up last prep, hence it being Bolter's odds after the race. One of the Hayes boys said that they delighted him in track work. They didn't expect him to win, but they said he they've definitely got him right again. Takes on a tissue who's got some genuine Flemington form. And uh, and the, the question being, can you forgive her for what she did first up? Is there reasons why she produced what she did first up? I dare say there is, but over to you. What's, uh, what's your thoughts with the tissue coming into this race tomorrow? Well, no doubt the horse rock hard fit. It's never really had a spell with the Waller team. Now, Waller is a, a stable 
Like Mar, but in different ways, right? And what I mean like Mar in different ways is this is a stable, and Mr. Waller, I don't know how he does it, but he, he can have them run 14 and they still can peak. Yeah. I mean, that's his talent level. That's how, how brilliant he is, he is as a trainer. So I can't sit here and say, oh, well, you know, maybe he's had too much racing. No. Again, when I apply the simulation, the simulation saying bouts run, expect peak performance tomorrow. So I'm, I'm respecting that immensely. And then I'm looking at the mile profile and it's it's just rock solid, Ralphie. That Flemington run fourth of the 11th. I mean, there's plenty to talk about there. 2.4 links above benchmark and the race matrix is saying it's outstripped that by a length. Well, this was the pride of Jenny insane performance and her ability to run second from a complete non-winning position was something else. So can I ask you this question? If yep. pride of Jenny was in this race or Brightside, well, firstly, they'd be the two at the top of the markets. By a long way, yeah. Right. And what price did you say the tissue is? Uh, hang on. Just let me uh, – I just had it off the, off the screen briefly. $5, I think. It's it's, it's an each-way opportunity. So any reason why it's not $2? Well, I, I, I'd say the reason is – I'm with you with bullishness, but I'd say the reason is it first up run eighth, beaten 6.6 lengths. But where, where did the, all those horses that were out the back, they stayed out the back. And, you know, we've already seen Pericles, for instance, who has beaten four lengths and disappointed the market last week. It ran a terrific second to Mr. Brightside. So those horses that were out the back on that race shape on that day, they were out, just out of the play. Yeah. So here's the problem I have. This is the problem I have. When I look at that horse and say, you're the horse to beat, and then, again, when I look at all the other runners and just take a, a, a backward step because I'm, I'm conscious of the time as well, yep. I'm, I'm saying, for me to say that the only danger is future history, that tells me a lot about the race. That tells me a lot. Standard. Well, it just tells me that this is where we're at. Yeah, okay. That, that, that at the end of the day, that your only negative you can have on a tissue is – is what? Is, is the horse done for the prep? Well, I, I can't see that, unfortunately. And, and if I'm looking at it and saying, who can beat you? And I'm sitting back and saying, future history is the only horse that can beat you. That tells me about how I feel about the race. Erton's not a miler. You have to go back to 2021. That's too long. This horse adds issues. So he's he's equal favourite with its issue. I know which way I want to go there, but he's going to get probably the perfect run. So that means you can't be dismissed, yeah? Well, here's my problem with Ayrton. This horse was potentially going to be a superstar. Yeah, yes. No doubt about it, right? Yep. He has a very wrong profile, like in terms of the footprint in the way they've obviously kept him going. I mean, fantastic for the stable to even get this horse back and racing. So yep. uh, got to give kudos where it belongs, right? But the reality is, geez, a tissue really needs to not turn up at all. Like he, he needs to be like staying in the stores. I just cannot see how he can beat that horse <laughs> under no circumstances. I just can't. And in fact, I can't even see him beat in future history. And this is why I'm coming back to you. This is a good horse. This is a great race for it. Yep. And if I took away those two horses, then he's part of six, seven other chances. The, the, the one left fielder I've, I've got to ask you about, though, is Karini. Mm-hmm. 
you know, just had a, a this is just a second Australian prep. I think tomorrow's the, the day where Danny says, All right, let's see what's under the bonnet. Last start, second up, Flemington. They stopped backing him when the when the barriers open. And he he, he won, he was good, point five length above benchmark. Can't help thinking tomorrow's the, the day to say, All right, let's see how good you really are, and that makes him a bit dangerous. Well, I have no doubt this horse got plenty of ability, no question. You only have to look at Flemington back in September when it ran a half a length above benchmark. The Matrix has scored it stronger than that, probably around plus 1.4, and I'm not uh, denying that either. I'm fairly confident in a race that was a day that was very tough to run time that day, Ralphie. So I get it, right? Now, this horse's best is beyond a mile. So this is the only reason why... I haven't checkmated into this race. And then I asked the question, are you better than future history? So this is, see, it depends on how you want to do your work and how you want to play the game of chess. And I'm just sitting there saying, I just reckon future history's got you covered everywhere, even though neither of those horses are suited to tomorrow's race. But because I'm looking for class and, you know, something that could define, who's got some sustained speed and got talent, and even though they're, their targets are probably other races. The reality is you do expect the stable for them to run big t- today, right? Well, tomorrow, right? You expect them to run, you know, very competitively. So I wouldn't be surprised if this horse is looking to be in the finish. But I'll just come back and I'll dial back. Do you can can you see that horse beat in future history? Karini? Yeah. Uh I can see it beating future future history. I can't yeah. see it beating a tissue on talent. Thank on talent. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thank you. Let's see what happens when the barriers yeah. open. Thank you. Well, well then, that, then there's a horse that you would put into your quaddies. Yep. Greeny, absolutely. Right? And 100%, you feel that there's a possibility it can finish in front of it, which is fantastic. Great. <laughs> but it can't be a tissue, right? <laughs> the tissues are fantastic each way played by the look of it. I reckon. Right. And uh, speaking of quaddies, we'll, we'll round off, off the quaddie. It's not a not a stakes race, but there's uh, let's uh, just round off as far as your thoughts for the last race here. 1,400 metres. Seems a pretty open race on paper. What's your, what's your thoughts here? Oh, I was looking for a dartboard. Yep. We, we do have a scenario here. Firstly, we're looking at half length below benchmark, length below benchmark, gets you on the podium. Here we are. You get on the podium, Ralphie. So I'll just sit back and say, okay, who's got the profile that can um, get victory for us? So first of all, number seven. He's our boot of it. Yeah. So I'm looking at that runner and saying, okay, how does this horse sit in terms of profile and performances? First at the 1,400-meter run, that run back in January at Flemington at this track, had a lot of positive merit, Ralphie. Half a length below benchmark first section. Beautiful run in the mid-race, going 2.2, 2.2 lengths above benchmark. There was a taper over the last 200 metres. Lost around 0.7 in conditioning, which I like that. Very interesting that then they went 28 days between runs. It was like as if this must have been one of their targets and they needed to get a run in. That's all I could think of, and I'm glad they did that because I agree that a run was going to make a difference. And got this race shape, six lengths below benchmark. I love the fact when you need a run, you put in an excellent mid-race squeeze. How many? Do you remember, Ralph, when we used to go to Crown and you used to pull up on the screen and a lot of the times they were Waller horses. They're at the back, but they make these massive surges in the mid-race. But they're a bit hidden. Yep. And then they turn up, 
and they run first or second. And this is this is the typical thing that we're seeing. We're seeing a Waller type setup. Yep. Where it's got a ten point eight length mid race squeeze. And what do we want to see? We want the horse to tank out last little bit. And it did, right? It tanked out by about one point six lengths. In other words, this horse got even more benefit out of that run with the twenty eight days in between than the start before. And I'm saying, well, you are you can't have this horse any fitter than this in terms of where you are right now. And this is a great race because if you can't win or run top three here, I don't know, you're going to be in for a bit of a checkered campaign unless you have bad luck in the race, right? I'll just finish by asking you on this one about Frigid. Of course, we'll talk business tomorrow. But booking of Damien Lane, three barrier trials, looks to get a perfect run. And if you speed forecast here on the early edition of Average, Maybe it's going to be bringing its best first up because this this trainer doesn't mind uh, uh, getting him fit via the barrier trials. Yeah, yeah, big look. look uh, he's a big ass first up. Yep, to be able to turn up and win, it's not easy because it's a big field and there'll be a level of pressure. So it's not going to be easy. But they've have they made the right move with the right rider. So that's the plus sign. Is that enough to want to be on the horse? Yeah, I have reservations at the moment. We'll, we'll just final uh, finalise by finishing on race six because it's so short and the number of punters we, yep. who, who, are, who are thinking of uh, taking the tomato sauce, as they say, the uh, the red and white colours of, uh, of another will. Uh, what, what's your profile for another will in race six? <laughs> well, how, how short is, is it actually? $1.70. Yeah, what a pity. What a pity, but they've got the market prices right, Ralph, because <laughs> it's it could be by how far well firstly just look at the last run 0.6 above a horror data run time and really 1.9 lengths above benchmark here's the key though this first section the horse lost right 4.2 lengths in the mid race and then rebounded to run above benchmark to 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 not run above benchmark to run 1.4 lengths below benchmark last 200 metres. But if I look at the four to two split, it was it was above benchmark. And I'm just sitting here saying, well, if you run to that level, you already got the race. And if we allow one to two lengths, then this horse's potential right now sits somewhere around plus two, plus three horse. What's it going to do to this field? I mean, how, how do they, you know, they just found an easy race, Ralphie. Well, I've kept it in, in benchmark company. I can't help thinking we always talk about trainers' intent. This is Kieran Ma saying, well, I'll give it another kill and then we're going to really attack a stakes race with a low low weight. So we, we don't talk about weight, but we talk about what trainers are thinking. Uh, this was just such a kill in a benchmark 70. So it gets another benchmark 84 tomorrow. It's just a stepping stone. And then, like I said, he'll, he'll find a stakes race for it and he'll get in with a low weight and he'll be very, very happy <laughs> in doing so. Yeah, so I guess... Who who could be the possible danger? Could someone the Blake's on that is it Magnus Spin? Could that be the horse that could yep. upset the Apple Cart? It's got good good profile, Ralphie. Very very fit. Point three above benchmark last start. I was you know way too fast through that first section, which I don't believe it's going to go anywhere near that speed. Be a lot more controlled in the run tomorrow. But the reality is I just don't know how it's going to find that two or three lengths. That's the problem. No, that's why I wouldn't have finished off with that one. So, uh, all right, we've covered that. Deep dive into the group ones. We'll talk business tomorrow. Uh, it will be short and sharp and whether Vince is passing or playing on, on each race. But in the meantime, thanks so much for being a customer of the Year Round Carnival Preview Edition.